Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am super duper uber excited to welcome back to the show the great and talented, fabulous, handsome, funny, witty, smart Matt Barrows. How was that? That was a good introduction, right? Yeah, it was great. Um, I I love how you snuck uh, handsome in there. And that was one of the first adjectives, too. It was. I remember in the past doing an introduction where I didn't get it in there accidentally. Oh, yeah. I I look out for that. So I wanted to make sure because it's nice of you to take your time and give it to the podcast. So, you know, I want to acknowledge all your wonderful qualities. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction. You are very welcome. So, Matt, we cover a football team in the Bay Area called the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know yep. if you've heard of them, but they're playing well. Good team. Uh, beat the Seahawks on Sunday. It's so funny because there was a time where the 49ers could never beat the Seahawks, and now the Seahawks can't beat the 49ers. But I guess that just shows how the league is very cyclical. But beat the Seahawks Sunday. Dallas beats the Eagles. The 49ers are now have in place for the number one playoff spot. I don't want to make this about me, but you probably feel similarly on this. For our January travel schedule, that would be amazing for them to hang on to that. Uh, also, a first-round buy would be lovely for us, and I guess them too, but again, we're the ones on this podcast. But this is a team that went through a three-game losing streak. It looked like maybe all hopes of that were lost, and now here we are, are towards the end of the season, and they pretty much control their own destiny. Yeah, I think selfishly, we just don't want to go back to Philadelphia. hundred percent. I mean, I mean uh, do your listeners know what happened in the press box when when uh, some of the unruly fans banged so hard on the glass that the partition opened and uh, it looked like, uh, you know, we're, you know, the the uh, the vandals were storming the Citadel at one point. It I, did, was, it. I was afraid Matt Mayoko was going to get pulled out into the crowd at at, at one point. I don't mean to laugh, but the the visual of that is incredible. However, we wouldn't want that for our good friend, Matt Miyoko, or for any of us. So no, we do not want to go back to Philly. Also, long flight. It'll be cold. The weather in Santa Clara will be so much nicer in late January. Everybody should want to come there. Everybody should want the Fort Niners to be the number one seed. But... I'd forgotten about that. I don't think my listeners did know about that. Yeah, you probably mentally blocked that out. It was such a harrowing experience. But it I was mean, a little scary. It was loud. It was a little scary. It was a little scary. Um, but from the 49ers perspective, they don't want to go back to Philadelphia. I mean, I don't think that they're scared, but you know, they they would have a great home field advantage. They want that advantage against uh, the Eagles or the Cowboys or whoever it may be. That's secondary. Primary is the buy. Uh, only one team gets a buy per conference, and the 49ers um, know that that's uh, that's such a such an advantage. I mean, this team is very scientific about its rest, its sleep, all of that stuff. Um, if they get a leg up rest wise on the Lions, Cowboys, Eagles, Rams, whoever it may be of the world, that's a that's a decided advantage, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's something that. Um, they're absolutely gunning for. That's best priority one right now over these last four games. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. 
NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I'm glad you brought up all those things because I've seen people say a home field advantage isn't a thing anymore. Fans are everywhere. That's not what it is. It's all the things you just mentioned. It's the sleep, the rest, the the flights, all of that. It is a true advantage. It really does make a difference. Certainly, there are no guarantees. We saw the 49ers the last couple of years have to play all three weekends. Granted, they lost in every NFC championship game. There's There's something to be said for that. But teams do it, but it's a tremendous advantage. It used to be two teams got it. And then when they added another team to the playoffs, it was only one in each conference. So it would be huge. So the Seattle game, let's talk a minute about that. Uh, Like Steve Wilkes, it's behind, you know, he always says in his press conference, it was behind us and he likes to move on to the next game. But I still think we should discuss the Seattle game and specifically Brock Purdy, you know, for all the people who say he can only make check down throws, not a great game for that. But we are actually today, I believe is the one year anniversary from Brock Purdy making his first start for San Francisco. And you look at this past year and you look at how he's improved. um, And it's pretty incredible that they may have found their franchise guy. I mean, they probably did. Yeah, I mean, and that was sort of a a question mark going into this season is um, was what we saw and it was all in December and January. Um, a fluke. Mm-hmm. I mean, was was he going to be brought down to earth? Uh, you know, return to the means, whatever that expression is. Um, you know, his his interception total was so small last year that you thought, oh boy, that's that's going to have to go up. Um, and uh, it it hasn't. I mean, he's gotten better from last season. Um, you know, la- last season he was remarkable for how mentally sharp he was, how quickly mm-hmm. he saw plays developing and if anything that's gotten even better and i think that that debo samuel touchdown the one that really sort of uh sparked them sparked their passing game at least was a great case in point because samuel was not the the number one maybe not even the number two or number three um options on that play but it's something that uh purdy saw and you know read uh correctly and um you know it was even even samuel noted that he didn't realize he was going to be targeted on that play until he looked back and saw uh, Purdy sort of winding up for his throw. <laughs> and that's when Samuel knew that he had to get on his horse and, and really, uh, you know, start hoofing it to catch up with that pass. But my point is that his brain works a little faster than everybody else's. That was evident last year. And he's managed to squeeze some MPHs, uh, you know, uh, out of it uh, again this year. He's even better than he was a year ago. And it's, it's awesome that you brought up that here we are at the one-year anniversary. It seems longer now. It does. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a really, uh, it's really interesting to see how much he's been able to improve from an already uh, fantastic start. And I think that is something we haven't seen in a 49ers quarterback in quite some time, his ability to read the field, his ability to, if he, if his number one, number two isn't available to figure out who else is. I mean, that's just something, no disrespect to his predecessor, but something we just haven't seen 
in quite some time. The other thing we really haven't seen, and again, this is no disrespect to his predecessor, but the improvement and the getting better. I think one of the issues with the previous quarterback, who I'm just not going to name in this conversation, (laughs) one of the issues with the previous quarterback is he really didn't. He kept making the same mistakes over and over again. And it's not that he couldn't take them to a certain point, but Brock Purdy may be the guy that gets them over the hump. And it's interesting. You look at last Sunday's game against the Eagles and who knows what would have happened in January. And it was a different team and that was a different Eagles team. And and Brock Purdy certainly had been playing well, but maybe not to the levels we're talking about right now. But you look back at the NFC Championship game and had they not taken his elbow in those first few minutes, maybe they do go to the Super Bowl and win it. But yeah, who? sure. I, I'm not sure why you're attacking C.J. Beathard like that. I mean, <laughs> kind of kind of vicious right now. Um, I mean, I don't mean to be vicious to poor C.J. Beathard, but... Nick just, Mullins. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, it, it's not a slam on Jimmy Garoppolo or any of those guys. It's it's that Purdy is elite in that regard. He is. Um, and they're, you know, maybe Joe Burrow. Um mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, we're talking about processing and kind of seeing an entire field and making the correct reads. Um, This is where Purdy excels. And, you know, there might be a handful of guys that are at that level, but most guys are not. And, and, you know, a lot of guys that make the Pro Bowl this year will, will not be at that level. It's just it's just something remarkable that we're we're all witnessing right now. It is, and it's remarkable to think that he very well could be the MVP of the league. But then there's a part of me, to be honest with you, that um, doesn't want to say that because the only reason we really say that is because he was the last pick in the draft. And although, as we talked about earlier, it does feel much longer. I feel like he's been the quarterback of this team for five years. That was only a year ago. But I think it just shows that, you know, once you get in the league, it doesn't really matter where you were picked. And is there something that this is kind of a tangent, but I'd love your take on it is it's interesting. You can have an undrafted free agent who plays really well. And people are like, yeah, I mean, but he was undrafted free agent. People just missed on him, but he's an incredible player. And now he's one of the best this position in the league would say that about Charvarius Ward, you know, one of the best in the, position in the league. For some reason, the final pick in the draft does not get that, that same thought process. And I wonder why that is. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's just such a singular, you're the last kid picked on the basketball court at gym class. You know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, I get your point that there are people picked, quote unquote picked, who join a team um, who, you know, weren't drafted at all. They're lower than Mr. Irrelevant. And and, they, and yet it doesn't have the, that stigma <laughs> right. of, uh, of, uh, of, the, of the final pick. But uh, it's, a, it's a good point. Um, I mean, do you remember when, you know, it, it's a, a few days after the draft and they have us in the in the media room and they bring in the draft picks and they all stand at the the end of the media room and we basically meet them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked to them on Zoom or on the phone uh, on draft day, but this is the first time face to face. And my recollection of Purdy coming in there is that, I mean... He just looked like a regular guy. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, he's he's really confident about himself. Um, I didn't think this specifically, but this is the sense that I had, you know, it, this uh, this league is going to humble him really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. 
And 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 that's sort of like uh, this perception that people are dealing with. There's nothing about him at first glance that makes you go, wow, this guy's going to be special. This guy's terrific. Uh, he's a very ordinary size, ordinary looking uh, guy, but um, he does have an extraordinary um, brain and um, a really ex- an extraordinary presence about himself. Um, and that's what's allowed him to be as impressive as he's been so far. Well, and I do five fun facts with all of them that yes. day. And right. I, you, you squirrel them out of the room. And I do. You, and you hog them for yourself for your five fun facts. Did you do that with Purdy? I sure did. I sure did. And you're going to ask me these five fun facts, which I don't remember what they all were. But I, one of them I do believe, though, was that he watches the show Outer Banks on Netflix that I love. So it immediately endeared me to oh, him. I watch Outer Banks, too. Oh, yeah. You I don't think I knew that about you. My nieces, this this kind of shows you the level <laughs> where <laughs> you and Purdy are. They, when they were, oh, they must have been 14 or 15, they got really into Outer Banks. It was during COVID, right? Yeah. It was and so um, they made me watch it. And um, yeah, for what it was, it was really uh, fun to watch. You know, it's not the Outer Banks of North Carolina. It's all shot in South Carolina. But they call it Outer Banks because it's a cooler name. Um, that, that's a fun fact. <laughs> that's <laughs> a, a fun not, fact. A, a not fun fact for me. It's actually an Outer Banks fun fact if we were going to do five fun facts in Outer Banks. But I, but I remember doing it with him and thinking, this kid's really confident. Like there was a real confidence to him. And you did kind of see it. I mean, I'm not like, I remember being in rookie minicamp. You know, we do the interviews. And then I remember the next day being at rookie minicamp and doing all kinds of filming and content around him, but thinking, I mean, what am I going to do with all this footage? Like, what am I going to do with these clips down the road? Yeah. But he really proved himself. And I, I'll go back to, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think you'll remember when he did beat Nate Sudfeld out and the 49ers said like he earned the job and we were afraid if we cut him, we wouldn't get him back. And, and so, and I think at the time, all of us were maybe a tiniest, like the teeniest bit, cynical about that comment um but they were right they, yeah. they were really right on him yeah no i i remember that it was around um the joint practices in minneapolis um when they when, when we started you know uh, it was greg papa who has an, mm-hmm. kind of a an insider because he works for the team it w- was saying that you know it could be that brock purdy is the uh is the number two quarterback. He could, you know, get a lot of reps in this upcoming game against the Vikings. And uh, yeah, like you, I was like, what? Brock Purdy? Uh, it mm-hmm. just didn't, I just didn't see it at that point. Um, but that's when he started to to make his move. And, and you're right. I mean, Shanahan and um, Brian Greasy and, and the guys making those decisions were seeing something in him. And I think it was that, you know, this is a guy who was aggressive with the ball and he didn't make the same mistake twice. I mean, that was um, he was making progress. Uh, things that Brock Purdy is good at, he was starting to show there. And um, I guess it was uh, a little bit later before, you know, everybody else sort of started to kind of catch up with what they were seeing. So we've covered Brock. You mentioned Debo Samuel, who I think is worth discussing because we are seeing that 
Debo Samuel of 2021, a healthy Debo Samuel, a Debo Samuel that had training camp and really being reminded of just how special he is. Because I would say, you know, going into the season and there's going to be talk and they're going to have decisions to make and all of that, like Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel, who would you pick? Blah, 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 blah. But Debo Samuel is really just kind of reestablishing himself as this tremendously special and unique talent. It's rather incredible they have him and Christian McCaffrey on the same team. But what we've seen from him the last two weeks also is an ability to really rise to the occasion and make a play whenever they need someone to make a play. And then Kyle Shanahan said on his Monday conference call, you know, we want to get the ball in his hand as much as we can because when we put the ball in his hands, good things happen. Yeah, I mean, he's really been a spark for this team like he was in 2021. The the difference in 2021 is that he was their only spark. I mean, yeah. they really leaned on him heavily from the midpoint on. And you remember that game in Green Bay? I don't know how many times he, he left that game, um, but, you know, got, uh, you know, beaten up by the end mm-hmm. of the season and had to leave the game in Los Angeles, too, the, the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, right around halftime. Um, the difference this year is that they don't have to lean on him quite as heavily. There's there's Ayuk, there's Kittle, there's Christian McCaffrey, so that Debo uh, Samuel should be fresh, basically, for that uh, that stretch run and in, in the playoffs. And you know, it brings us back to getting the the, the buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why that's so important, so that you can avoid sort of that that fluke injury. Um, you know, uh, Trent Williams was hurt in the in the championship game too. I don't. I think he got hurt uh, against uh, Green Bay. So mm-hmm. you just you're just taking out of the you know you're you're removing one game for all sorts of bad things to happen. Injuries, fluke plays, you know, Joukowsky Tart dropping interceptions, things like that. It's just uh, one third of uh, the possibilities gets eliminated when, when, when you get that buy. It's really amazing that, and not to get into a whole thing about the NFL player safety, but it's amazing the NFL extended the regular season and took away, away the buy for one team the same year. It's an interesting strategy. Right. You know, their their whole thing is eventually we want 18 games. I just, I just I'm just waiting for that to, to become a uh, a theme for the NFL owners. Yeah. Oof. That doesn't sound ideal, but we'll I guess cross we we as in you and I because we have to play in all the games, but we have to cover them. It's a lot for us too. Um but I do you feel that and this is like totally random and I'm not sure anybody else is going to find this interesting, but whatever. Do you feel Matt the last couple of years cuz I'm I'm kind of feeling this that but the longer season and the extended season, because they've gone far, do you find at this point in the season, you find yourself to be a little bit more tired than you were maybe three or four years? Well, not three, because it was 2020, but let's say four or five years ago. Um, I always feel tired, uh, you know, come December and January. Uh, you know, I don't, David and I, David Lombardi and I split the away games, which I've found is helpful for me because I just don't, I mean, going to Philadelphia and coming back, Mm-hmm. I mean, you feel that throughout the whole week, you know, you no matter how carefully you do it and how much good sleep you get, um, it's taxing on you. And it's, we've got what, you know, Cleveland was East Coast, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, 
there were a lot of East Coast trips. So yeah, to answer your question, I absolutely feel it. Although uh, since I've been splitting with David, I don't I don't feel it quite as acutely as I as I did a few years ago. And I think this year, at least what I'm also feeling this year is that we didn't have a week long trip, which on the one hand is great because it is a long time to be away. But on the other hand, it does cut out two five hour flights. So it's just, you know, it's a, it just is what it is. And they don't do the schedule around you and I, which rude, but they don't. What you need to do is uh, clone Tracy Sandler so that you could split with the other Tracy half of the game. So you you don't have to go to all all eight away games, basically, or nine this year. We should totally do that. Let's, if you guys have any thoughts, please send them to us on how we could do that. Evil Tracy. We could have good Tracy and evil Tracy. (gasps) Which games did we send evil Tracy to? Probably Jacksonville. (laughs) (laughs) Philadelphia, faux show. Yes, faux show. Evil Tracy definitely needs to be, but that way if anybody tries to break him open those windows again, I would be there to defend Matt Mayoko and Cam Inman. Yeah, those those fans would uh, rue the day that they came in on on Evil Tracy. You know what? They really would. So watch out, guys. So looking ahead, the 49ers have the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Commanders, the Rams. Now, this is the NFL. So three out of four of those games feel like for sure wins, but they still have to play them and you just never know. The biggest one, of course, being the Ravens, the toughest one, I should say, being the Ravens on Christmas, Monday night football, which should be an excellent football game. But it now the each one of these games becomes really important because chances are Philadelphia isn't going to lose again. Um, Dallas, I don't remember exactly their schedule going forward. You may, but they may not lose again. This is they got to win these next four games if they want to hold on to this one seed that we've talked about so much in this episode. Yeah, I think they have to go four and zero, and and you know that uh, means the margin of error is is so low. Um, and you know this upcoming game. I think on Wednesday, we're going to see an injury list that's bigger than at any point during the season. Yeah, I agree. With um, that. I mean, we're talking like, uh, you know, 10, 12 guys are going to be on it. And so, you know, they're going to uh, Arizona, a team that likes to run the ball. It's got Kyler Murray. It's got James Conner. Um, remember, at the end of the the game earlier at Levi Stadium, James Conner was really upset. Remember he got into a fight with Talano Hufanga after? Oh, yes, I forgot. Boy, the kerfuffles have really been adding up this season. Weird post-game kerfuffle. Um, and we never really got to the bottom of that. But my point is that, you know, this is sort of their Super Bowl. They're not going to the playoffs. Right. What they are is hosting a team uh that uh that beat them, that got them upset. That's the best team in the league right now, number one seed in the NFC. And um, might be doing so without Eric Armstead, and, and we don't know about uh, Javon Hargrave at this point. But mm-hmm. you know, they're they're top two defensive tackles. So um, I mean, I, I feel like the 49ers could be vulnerable in this game in that regard. Still think that they've got the the talent advantage, but you know, you, you look at the the slate of games. That's the easiest one. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. it is. I just created a. Uh, 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 kind of a uh, a threatening scenario for the 49ers. I mean, after the Ravens game, they have to go on a short week to Washington. Um, yeah, that's not ideal either. Long, long trip, uh, short week. Again, this is going to be the Commanders' Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, there are challenges, a lot of challenges 
over these four games. I think the 49ers will be favored in each of them. They should win them. But um, as you noted, it's the NFL. This is a team in 2019 that lost to the Falcons at home. Yes, they did. uh, During the stretch run. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. But for our travel schedule and buy, I mean, we've talked a lot about with the players using that buy. Matt, we need that buy too. Oh, that would be so wonderful. Just to sit back on on a Saturday and Sunday and watch the the wild card games. That would be just so lovely. It would be so lovely and just not get on planes. I'm really, really hoping for that. Like, guys, I don't want to make this about me and Matt, but I'm going to make it about me and Matt. Uh, If I need to do like a pregame rallying speech, I'm down. I'm just going to throw that out there. Bang on the the table. Focus, guys. Focus. 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 You know, I love getting content of them dancing at practice. Now I'm going to be like, stop dancing. What? Okay. Why are you dancing? This is serious. You need to go 4 and 0. WTF, Demo. I need you focus. I think that would go over super well. Speaking of Demo, Taka and Kerfuffles got ejected on Sunday. Kyle Shanahan, not pleased with that, but I kind of appreciate that he said that he heard from Lenore in that. Uh, he was very remorseful, and he felt bad, and he knew he shouldn't have done it. I thought it was Lenore's best game of the season. Um, it was. Because uh, <laughs> no Charvarius Ward, which meant that Lenore had uh, a big, you know, mm-hmm. helping of DK Metcalf in this game. And, you know, those, those three receivers are really good, and they're, yeah. and they're different. So each guy that you get on a given down presents something different. And I forget what Lenore's numbers were. I think he was targeted something like six times and he gave up two catches for 10 yards it was uh an outstanding game for him um and i just think his confidence is now off the charts um he is a vastly different guy we're talking about brock purdy a mm-hmm. year ago remember diamador lenore a year ago he's getting picked on um we weren't sure whether he was starter quality um you know, in and out of games. Now he's he's established himself. He's uh, by far their second best cornerback. And I think he's the guy that they really want to be their nickelback for the long haul, which means that they have to develop uh, another outside cornerback. And they've got some some tremendous candidates there, including your guy, Ambry Thomas, who, who also has been stepping up uh, of late. He has been stepping up of late. It'll be interesting to see and I think he he did a pretty pretty good job on Sunday. I think Kyle Shanahan said he thought he had a hell of a game, and he certainly did. But he has been stepping up. I think part of what's also allowed him to set up step up is the excellent play of Diamondor Lenore and Charvarius Ward. But he certainly is a candidate. I really want them to draft Mikey Sanrasil, who's an incredible nickel out of Michigan, um, and then Lenore can stay on the outside and Mikey Samuels will come inside. But, you know, I'm not in charge of the draft, even though this last draft would make you think that maybe I'm like a little bit in charge of the draft. Because you got so many Michigan players. Yes. Yes. Uh, Correct. You you could um, trot out the idea of uh, being in the draft room and just offering helpful suggestions every now and then. Listen, I don't think it would hurt anything. Maybe, but my list would probably, I'm, I'm a really good scout of one particular college football team. So if they want my thoughts elsewhere, it's going to be kind of hard, but if there's one particular college football team that they are 
like interested in and want to know my thoughts on the like 22 players that'll probably be drafted in this NFL draft, I am down to help. What wherever. about teams that have played Michigan? Do you? Yes, you... I can help with that too. Okay. okay. Not quite to the same level, but I certainly can help with that too. My my thoughts are that um, you know they 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 do have a number of young players at cornerback. They've got Womack. They've got they um, Ambry Thomas. I'm still considering him a young player. He is and a young player. I mean, he got, and Lenore are the same draft class. They are. He is a young player. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And and they've got um, Darrell Luter too, who I yes. think that they're really happy with. Um, you know, their their need along the offensive line, offensive tackle is pretty high. Um, wide receiver. Um, you know, think of all the defensive ends that are going to be yep. leaving in free agency. Chase Young, Cleveland Farrell. Uh, Randy Gregory, all those guys probably won't be back next year. So that could be another, uh, we, we might have to get you scouting some, um, defensive ends. And I think, oh, I've got some for sure, but I think Ohio State has, has a couple of guys that are coming out. Um, I don't know your thoughts about those guys. I mean, I can, I mean, I guess they're good, but. You know, I think we know what my thoughts are on them. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I will say in all those other positions you mentioned, I do have some Wolverines in mind. So, okay. All right. There you go. But, you know, I think I've handled Nick Bosa and Chase Young being there really well. I mean, I even, I don't want to brag or toot my own horn here, but Ohio State Michigan Week, I posted Nick Bosa and Chase Young content. I think that shows a real level of professionalism. And that means I probably could help scout some of the Ohio State guys. For instance, Marvin Harrison, very good wide receiver. Yeah, <laughs> they might have to trade every one of their draft picks for the next <laughs> for 10 years in order to move up to get him. So. I also don't think that's, and he's an incredible talent, but that's probably not need number one. I think they're doing, they have a, they have a lot of <laughs> wide receivers in the moment. But though, that is going to be an interesting position next year, but that is probably a conversation for the offseason. But that is just, they have a lot of guys on one-year contracts. And by a lot, they have two. But that seems like, a lot, two, two that are pretty important to them. Yeah. So, so we'll see. And in case you guys are wondering, it's Ray Ray McLeod and Juwan Jennings, in case people are like, who is she talking about? But um, yeah, it should be, should be interesting. So in conclusion, Matt Barrows, we've decided Brock Purdy is elite at certain qualities and could be the potential MVP. We didn't really talk about that, but it felt like we probably are both in agreement that he could be the potential MVP. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, think about, all this, all that this team is accomplishing on offense, mm-hmm. uh, all the gaudy numbers that other offensive players have, it's Brock Purdy who's sort of orchestrating all of that. I mean, that, that needs to be recognized. And it's not just dump offs. It's, it's, you know, it's real quarterbacking um, that we haven't seen since the greatest show on turf. And mm-hmm. I think Kurt Warner won MVP one of those years. So yeah. it only makes sense that, uh, Brock Purdy wins it this year. And some of those balls he throws, they are just such dimes. Like, it's, it's really incredible. Like, they go, some of them, they go up and you think, oh, no, that could be in or Nope, never mind. He threw that exactly where it was supposed to go. And Brandon Ayuk's there to catch it. Debo Samuel's there to catch him. Jawan Jennings there to catch it, whatever. But some of those throws have just been, I mean, they're incredible. And again, not something we've seen on this team in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about 
as far as, you know, perception last year that he made a few of those throws and you thought, okay, he just got lucky on those. And, and mm-hmm. those are going to be interceptions next year. And this guy's going to fall back to earth. Um, that didn't happen. He's still making those throws. He's just making more of them right. all the time. Um, you know, the one to Ayuk in Seattle a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was unbelievable. The touchdown. That was, um, that was, that might be his, his best one of the season. But then he, he comes back and he's got three more like that uh, against the Seahawks at Levi's. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not, uh, I think we can safely say after a year of Rock Purdy, it's not a fluke. No. I would agree with that. It is absolutely not a fluke. Um, the you know what we're going to call this episode: the year of Brock Purdy. I like it. Yeah, we like to be dramatic here at the Tracy Sandler What's Show. What's the show that he likes? Oh, Outer Banks. Outer Banks. I was trying to uh, spin off something with that, uh, but I I can't. Outer Brock? No. Um, no. Outer Aaron Banks. No, no, Aaron Banks. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the first time we brought him up, and we're thirty-two minutes in the episode, so I feel like it can't be called that. So, I think it's going to be the year of the year of the Brock Purdy. I could be really cheesy and do it's been a pretty good year, but I will refrain. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I like Outer Brock. That's good. Outer Brock. Outer Brock is not bad. I kind of like Outer Brock. Yeah, uh, me so too. We will. We will consider that. All right, Matt. Please tell everybody where they can find you. I'm at Matt Barrows. Uh, Tim Kawakami and I do a weekly podcast. I do a live room with David Lombardi via The Athletic. Um, basically, my nasally annoying voice is ubiquitous uh, these days. So you can find it in a lot of places. I love your voice, Matt Barrows. Oh, thank you. And you said I'm handsome, too. <laughs> so this has been a really good day for you. Happy Monday. It's, it's one of the best days ever. That's so kind. All right, you guys, you can find me on Twitter, X at TracyFGSN, on Instagram and threads at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I will talk to everybody later this week when we go a little bit more in depth in previewing the game against the Cardinals. Bye, all. Oh, wait. Also, Shohei Atani to the Dodgers. Yes. All right. Sorry, guys. I had to get it in. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.